Hi friends, my name is Jody Swee and I'm a life coach and spiritual director traveling the country with my family in an RV as we seek to find the joy in a journey. I've been studying the Bible for over 20 years and I freaking love it. Now I'm sharing it with you in hopes that you will discover that you do too. We're going to start today by claiming this space for our peace and transformation. Take a few deep breaths really good ones that you have to think about and acknowledge that you are not alone, that wherever you are, the spirit of the Lord is right there with you. Today, we're heading into the Old Testament and we're going to be pondering some verses from Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20. And before we dig into these verses, I want to take a quick little detour into the land of biblical structure. So we've got the Bible, right? And it's made up of two main parts. You got the Old Testament and the New Testament. And often these are treated as separate books without cohesion or that somehow the New Testament negates the Old Testament. And that's just not true. They are both part of one big, beautiful story in which God pursues his beloved people who have wandered far from home. It begins with our departure from the Garden of Eden, where we had lived in wholeness and harmony with God, which is our heart's home. But we left the garden and wandered into the chaos of sin, which was a result of no longer being in complete harmony with God. After we left our heart's home, it was a bit of a cluster. Imagine suddenly waking up to find that you and everyone else in the world has gone deaf and blind. What would you do? My guess is there would be a lot of panic and stumbling and running into things and other people. This is what it was like in the beginning after humanity left the garden. It was absolute chaos. But we hadn't lost an external sense like our hearing. We had lost an internal sense of connection to our source of life, which was God. And so we were stumbling around in panic trying to find our way. That was the beginning. The story ends with redemption and a chance for every single human being to come back to their heart's home, to live eternally in the wholeness that comes from the perfect harmony of being reconnected to God, our source of life. But there's a whole lot of story that happens in between. And so the Old Testament and the New Testament are actually two halves of one continuing story that is moving us towards a perfect ending. And it's broken up into kind of three main parts. You've basically got before Jesus, which is all of the Old Testament, and then you've got during the time of Jesus, which is part of the New Testament, and then the epistles or letters to the early church, which is the second half of the New Testament. These three parts make up the world's first trilogy, plus the book of Revelation, which is like the epilogue. Think of it like you're watching the original Star Wars trilogy. And yes, I have been waiting my whole life to use this analogy. You need to see all three of the movies to know what the heck is going on and why it matters. By the time it's over and everyone is dancing with the Ewoks, you know why. You know what they've gone through to experience their freedom. But if you only watched the first movie, you would just think that Luke Skywalker was a whiny kid, that he and Leia might make a cute couple, and the Empire is defeated. But there's so much more to the story, right? Along the way, it gets kind of rough. Luke loses his hand, Han gets frozen in carbonite, Leia has to wear a gold bikini, and the evil empire keeps coming back for more. There are failures and battles, but it's part of a greater narrative that is building towards a grand finale with dancing Ewoks. 
Seems he was with the Bible. Basically, this is the story of God and his people and how he rescues them from death and brings them home. Okay, biblical structure detour over. Let's get to our verses for today. First, we're going to set the scene. This is Moses talking, and it's at the very end of his life. He and the Israelites have been wandering the desert for 40 years, and they were just about to enter into the promised land. But Moses knew that he would not live to see it because God had already told him. So he was prepared. And now he was preparing his people, like a terminally ill parent making a video with all the wisdom they want to leave their children. And for Moses, it's mostly about reminding them of the covenant they have with God and the laws he had established. Fun fact, Deuteronomy actually means repetition of the law. Where we're picking things up in chapter 30 is at the end of the book, where Moses is kind of giving his final words and guidance. Let's dig in. Get your picture of Moses up in your mind. Long white beard, raggedy robe. Ready? Here we go. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There is some beautiful imagery here, but also harsh, right? And it's all about loving God by following the laws, or you will be destroyed. Over the years, I have heard from many people about how stuff like this from the Old Testament makes them doubt the Bible because they find this Old Testament God incongruent with the New Testament God. And I totally get it. I've had the same doubts. But somewhere along the line, I was taught to consider the whole story, and that changed everything for me. Just like if we stopped watching Star Wars after A New Hope, we might think that Luke and Leia end up together. Spoiler, they don't. They're brother and sister. Ew! But also, some weird wrong-ish happens along the way, like Leia kissing Luke twice. Again, samesies with the Bible, but with much more purpose. Remember how it all began, all perfect in the Garden of Eden? We were walking with the Lord, and then humanity was kicked out for disobeying God. And what happened in the years after that was basically anarchy. People were doing whatever they wanted. If you looked at somebody funny, they might kill you. But as the redemptive story of the Bible continues to unfold in Deuteronomy, God is starting to move his people out of the chaos and towards redemption by offering them some handholds, some structure in the form of laws. The laws and consequences seem harsh to us, but it was actually a move forward back then. It was a a move away from chaos towards redemption. It also set up the unavoidable need for Jesus because it was impossible to follow the laws perfectly, which just makes me want to jump up and down with nerdy delight because you can just see God's purposeful plan and his patience with playing the long game. See, the law was step one, first movie in the trilogy. Then comes the second movie and 
Jesus is revealed. Bum, bum, bum. And he says in Matthew 5, 17, from the Passion Translation, If you think I've come to set aside the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets, you're mistaken. I have come to fulfill and bring to perfection all that has been written. Indeed, I assure you, as long as heaven and earth endure, not even the smallest detail of the law will be done away with until its purpose is complete. So what is the purpose of the law? Well, I think there's two parts. First and foremost, it shines a light on the reality that we can't do it alone. We will constantly fall short, and in the process, we will hurt others who will in turn hurt others, and that cycle of a broken world continues ad nauseum unless somebody rescues us. Somebody like Jesus. You see, the law shows us how much we need Jesus. But as Jesus himself reminds us in that verse in Matthew, the law also gives us a goal or a standard to move towards. He continues on in Matthew 5.20. Unless your lives are more pure and full of integrity than the religious scholars and the Pharisees, you will never experience the realm of heaven's kingdom. But unfortunately, this is where we often lose people back to the cycle of brokenness. We hear, follow the law, and so we recommit and we try to do our best. I'm going to stop swearing and I'm going to call my mother every week on Sundays after I go to church. And then we fall short, get discouraged, and give it up. Or become hypocritical yucksters saying one thing and then getting caught in a sex scandal later. See, if we do that, we're still living in the first part of the story with Moses. But we don't have to because we have the whole story. And we don't have to do anything other than ask Jesus to help us. Ask Jesus to show us how to transform us from the inside. We must be humble and recognize that we are dependent on the Lord for our lives. In much the same way that we need air to breathe, we need to spend intentional time in his presence. That's why I love to spend time with you in this space, taking deep breaths. It connects our need for oxygen and our need for Jesus. Let's take a few here and be in his presence. Talk to him about what you're thinking or feeling about what we've been discussing here. Be honest, be humble, and then listen to what he might have to say in return. Hey Jesus, you're the best. Thank you for providing a way for us to fulfill the law and be the kind of people we were created to be. And not through our own efforts, but through your help and your love and the transformation that comes when we surrender to you. I pray right now for my friends who are listening. I pray that they would be able to just find their way through this with you. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like, that this conversation would bring them just a little bit closer to you and the standard you set before them. It's your name I pray. Amen. I'm going to end today by reading the verses from Deuteronomy again, but this time with the fulfillment of Jesus in place of the law. See how it sits with you. I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to follow Jesus. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose Jesus. 
so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers. Thank you so much for listening to Live Idlewild with Jody Swee. If you are digging this stuff and trying to process it and want someone to do that with, don't hesitate to reach out to me. This is a huge part of what I do as a life coach and spiritual director, and you can try a session for free. Just head on over to my website, jodyswee.com, and schedule it today. Until next time, my friends, may you live in the love and joy of Jesus and allow it to grow wild within you until it overflows to others.